Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. About one in three Americans struggle with sleep, according to a recent report from the Cleveland Clinic. This can mean tossing and turning throughout the night or trouble falling or staying asleep. For those who regularly struggle with this, it can have very real health impacts. Not getting enough restful sleep can leave a person feeling sleepy, tired, or restless throughout the day, or potentially more moody or irritable than usual. A chronic lack of sleep can also cause high blood pressure, diabetes, heart failure, and other serious health issues. One researcher who's helping people improve their relationship with sleep is Dr. Eric Prather, a psychologist and the director of the Behavioral Sleep Medicine Research Program at the University of California at San Francisco. I would say that sleep is something that we never even wonder how it works until it stops working, then become really focused on making it happen. But oftentimes we're kind of getting in our own way to allow something that happens naturally that kind of washes over us. And so in our clinic, we spend a lot of time trying to reschedule people's sleep and taking out these barriers, taking out the guesswork and the effort, because that's usually what is ensuring that people have these kind of prolonged awakenings and disrupted nights. Prather says that trouble sleeping can be both a psychological and physical problem. For people who have long struggled, it can almost feel like a psychological battle every evening before bed. At Prather's lab at UCSF, researchers lean on cognitive behavioral therapy to help guide patients. For some people, they continue to have kind of catastrophic thinking about kind of what it means to not get a night's sleep. And so we do kind of typical psychological treatment type things that is kind of part of cognitive behavioral therapy for lots of things like thought records and trying to examine the evidence for and against certain thoughts. And we kind of work through that to find that for most people, they begin to understand that things aren't as black and white as they once thought and not as catastrophic. And with that, they begin to see that they have the tools to allow themselves to sleep naturally. From there, Prather's team works on adding in new habits that can make a difference. And these sleep hygiene tips are good for everyone to know, even if you don't currently struggle with sleep. The first is kind of maintaining a stable wake time. We want people kind of to wake up the same time seven days a week because that helps entrain our circadian rhythm that we talked about, as well as kind of setting in line your sleep drive to kind of build up across the day. And then we want to make sure that people aren't spending excess time in bed, not sleeping. One of the things that happens is that, you know, people begin to kind of lose this relationship with the bed such that they experience what's called a conditioned arousal. Like they get in bed, they might be sleepy, they get in bed and then their brain wakes up. And that's a really common experience that we hear from people with insomnia. So we really have to retrain the brain so that the bed is something that brings on sleepiness. And that requires is kind of removing yourself from the situation, waiting till you're sleepy again, do some relaxation exercises, what have you, and then get back in bed to kind of build up that conditioned response. Because the bed turns out to be like a really important trigger for bringing on sleepiness for people who don't have sleep problems. And we need to get back to that. 
The average adult between 18 and 64 should aim to get about 7 to 9 hours of shut-eye per night. Teenagers need 8 to 10 hours, while seniors need only about 7 to 8 hours. Prather also points out subtle shifts that listeners can check off. First, make sure the bedroom is cool, dark, and quiet. If there's a lot of natural light seeping in from the windows or doors, consider purchasing some blackout curtains that will block that extra sun. Another big culprit that a lot of Americans tend to miss is the use of caffeine. Caffeine actually stays in our system for quite a long time. The half-life of caffeine is about six hours. And so that means that if you have a double espresso at 4 p.m., at 10 p.m., you still have a single espresso in your system, right? And so no surprise that it can impact your sleep. Caffeine as a chemical actually competes with what we think is kind of the neurochemical that builds up in our brain that brings on sleepiness. So it competes with that on the receptors in our brain and kind of allows us to maintain alertness despite the fact that we continue to be up in that sleepiness neurochemical, which is known as adenosine, just keeps building up. And so it helps us stay alert, but we certainly suggest that, you know, maybe curbing caffeine use, not after lunch. And if you, you know, are having some sleep problems, maybe cutting it out altogether is kind of an easy strategy to see if you can get your sleep back on track. In addition to any liquids, it's also important to be mindful of any late-night meals or snacks. Prather says that eating before bed can cause indigestion and can confuse the brain, sending mixed signals that can lead it to think that it's not quite time to go to bed yet. Our body needs to know when to be ready for making insulin and storing glucose and all of those sorts of things, and kind of you know, the timing of those meals help regulate our clock, which is why, you know, if you experience jet lag and you're in a new place, say you go three hours east, oftentimes you want to get kind of on the eating schedule of that place that you're in because it'll help tell your body what is happening next. It'll help it adjust more rapidly. The last tip Prather has is to get up and moving in the morning, especially right now. As the days get shorter and colder, it can feel really nice to lounge inside in bed all day. However, it's important to get that daily dose of sunshine while it's still bright outside. What commonly happens around the change in the seasons is kind of an uptick in things like seasonal affective disorder and depression. And sleep disturbances are fairly common in that context. And one thing that people do when they are low in mood is they might spend extra time in bed, not sleeping. And when that happens, it can lead to kind of lighter, more fragmented sleep overall. And people become distressed about the fact that they're not getting the sleep they need. And that can, in theory, generate what would be considered an insomnia that needs treatment. To find out more about all things sleep and our guest, Eric Prather, visit viewpointsradio.org. For more behind the scenes, search Viewpoints Radio on Instagram, X, and Facebook. This segment was written and produced by Amira Zaveri. Our studio manager is Jason Dickey. I'm Gary Price. Coming up on Viewpoints. The gap between what they make and what we make has grown so wide that it cannot justify our current conditions. They can afford to pay us and we've had enough. The average U.S. auto worker makes $28 an hour. Compare this to the $21 million the CEO of Ford received last year. Then... 
we all live on a spectrum. We all get a little down here and there. We might all get a little anxious here and there. That's the human experience. Getting ahead of any seasonal affective disorder symptoms this year. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. That's Viewpoints for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more about upcoming shows and find a library of past programs on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and more information about our guests at viewpointsradio.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Viewpoints.